I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Run It Back. As you can tell, we have a special guest with us this week. I don't think he needs any introduction. It's Jack Armstrong. Jack, how are you today? Alex, Will, I'm doing great. How's it going? Good, good. Love the background. Will, what's what's happening in your background? That's one of Jack's all-time uh, classic broadcast moments. All-time moments. Uh, you know, my giant head is covering Hito's uh, giant head, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, no, it is uh, it is really one of the great broadcasting moments. Um, you came out tonight early, aggressive. What was different for you tonight in terms of just setting the tone with your game in this game? Ball. The ball in your hands, and you did a lot with it. I got nothing else to say. You had the ball in your hands, and you made plays. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. All right. You know, as Jack explained, there's no beef between the two of them. All right. I think that's sometimes thought of as a, you know, misnomer. But uh, no, it was just a hilarious interview. And um, yeah, probably Hito Turkoglu's most memorable moment as a Raptor. Can we agree that? <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> I would probably say yeah. Uh, and yes, one of my highlights of my broadcasting career, because there aren't very many. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Uh, and for any any maybe new Raptors fans, look up the Hidu Turkoglu. I believe it's Pizza Pizza. He had a great pizza. Oh, come on. <laughs> when he was here sitting on the couch, uh, an all-time classic. Everyone should check that out. So uh, the first half of the season is almost complete. We're recording this before the Raptors play uh, Detroit and Boston to, to wrap up the first half of the schedule. So I thought I'd ask hopefully, the two of you. Hopefully, right? hopefully, hopefully, right? Hopefully. Hopefully, everything is day-to-day right now. I thought I'd ask both of you to, to kind of look back on the first half of the season with a couple of questions. So, Will, let me start with you. Uh, what grade would you give the Raptors overall for, for the first half of the season? You know, I'm going to grade on the curve a little bit because they've had extraordinarily difficult circumstances, you know, temporarily relocating. They started out 2-8. and eight. They bounced back since. So I'm going to give them a B plus. You know, I think maybe coming into the season, we would have hoped they would be better than 500 at this point. But realistically, half the Eastern Conference is 500. And the Raptors have had to deal with quite a bit of adversity. They're facing more of it now with positive cases. So um, I'm giving them a solid B plus. They really rebounded well after that slow start. Well, where were you when I was in high school and college, given, uh, you know, uh, Given a little bit of bonus points, uh, a little curve on the grade, man, uh, I, man, I'd have my PhD by now if I had you as my professor. But uh, no, I agree. You know, I think you're dead on. Uh, I would, I would agree with that. Uh, with what Will said, Alex, I would say uh, B plus. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of this is trending in the right direction. Now, again, we don't have a clue what's gonna, it's gonna look like the next two nights with these games, but. Uh, after a two and eight start, I mean, theoretically, they could have been five and five in those first 10 games. But uh, I like, you know, a lot of it is how you react to adversity and where you come out of that. And I, I, I like what they're doing. I think they're growing as a team. 
Uh, Nick Nurse and his staff have done an amazing job, and uh, I like where it's headed. Yeah, Jack, how much do you think, you know, obviously we've talked a lot about the, the temporary relocation to Tampa and everything that the players have had to deal with from that regard. How much do you think um, that that played into the team's early uh, slow start, the two and eight start? Well, that definitely uh, upheaval uh, is definitely an issue. Uh, I also think you have, you know, you take a guy particularly, I mean, respectfully to Marcus soul, you take a guy particularly like Serge Ibaka out of the lineup. I mean, that guy was money. The guy had the best year of his career a year ago. The Raptors had the second best record in the NBA last year. I mean, they were terrific. And quite frankly, I've said this many times, if they played a game seven against Boston at Scotiabank Arena, there's no way the Celtics win that game. So the Raptors are, you know, back in the Eastern Conference Finals a year ago again. You know, so to me, you take a guy like Serge Ibaka out of the mix, it takes time to kind of figure all that out in terms of having that money guy with pick and roll. Uh, that money guy in your defensive scheme, a, a proven veteran. And you have a whole new set of dynamics in terms of establishing roles. So uh, they were kind of just searching for an identity. You had a lot of mistakes being made on the defensive end. And offensively, uh, they were just trying to figure out who they were. So not surprised, but I'm also not surprised that they bounced back from it because this great internal leadership, and there's that residue of winning that it comes from still having a good number of guys that have won, won a lot, and they like winning. Yeah. So, so the next question for the two of you, Will, who would you pick as the MVP of the team for the first half of the season? Uh, I think you have to go with Fred. I think Fred has been so consistently excellent defensively. I think his leadership, especially as a younger guy, we kind of forget that Fred is – like Fred's two years younger than me, man. It's 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 upsetting actually. He's uh, fifteen old. years younger than me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll just wait for Jack to figure the math out too. But uh, <laughs> no. But seriously, though, I think Fred has really brought such great leadership on court, off the court. He's his defense has really gone to another level. I feel like, and even though offensively, some nights he doesn't necessarily score well. Um, there's been enough nights where he scored at a great clip, on top of the fact that he set up teammates. So I think it's really got to be Fred. I would agree with Will. Uh, I think he's an outstanding two-way player, Fred. Uh, and just, I mean, he's a shot maker, playmaker, great on-ball, great off-ball defender. Uh, he's worth every penny of the money that they signed him for. And I would just like, a, you know, honorable mention shout-outs to Norm Powell and Chris Boucher. I think those guys have taken another step in their professional development as players. So uh, I always like to see uh, where guys were and where they're going. And I would look at Norm and, and Chris Boucher as both guys that uh, have really taken a nice positive step. Yeah, Jack, you know, it seems like whenever people talk about the, the Raptors kind of future core group, uh, you know, Fred, OG and Pascal are obviously mentioned. Um, and, and, you know, there, do you consider Norm as part of that group as well? He's obviously a free agent at the end of the season. Do you think, you know, the, it would be beneficial for the Raptors to try to secure him long-term? I love Norm Powell. I, uh, I just love his work ethic. He's a gym rat. Uh, I, I think he's really matured. I've said this many times on the broadcast. When I watch him now, he doesn't ball watch anymore. And the ball doesn't get sticky in his hands when he has it. Uh, he's done a really nice job learning how to move without the ball, uh, what the five-on-five five game actually means. 
Uh, I don't think he'll ever be a great defender, but I think he understands the scheme and he's in the right spots and he's trying to do good things defensively. Sure, I would love to see him return. Uh, but, you know, as we all know, these guys are independent contractors, a collectively bargained agreement between the owners and the players. And he has a right as an independent contractor at the end of the year if he so chooses to opt out of his deal and, and uh, see what the market brings uh, from all 30 teams. So uh, I support that and I applaud that for not only him, but all the players in our league. And I'm hopeful, uh, selfishly speaking, that he stays in Toronto uh, because he's a wonderful young man as well as a terrific player. But I have no idea. But I'm happy for him because he's a self-made man. He's put the time in and he paid the price. And it's nice to see a guy who's a good guy who really works at it, who loves the game, uh, really having success. Yeah, I'm referring to free agents as independent contractors from now on. That's actually well, they great. are. Yeah, I mean, no, they it's, are. yeah, no, that's a, that's a great way to reference. That's it. that's what you are, Alex. <laughs> yeah, I got to do my taxes soon. Anyways, um, <laughs> so Will, what 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 would you say would constitute a successful season? You know, given all we know about all the circumstances that the Raptors are dealing with, and then this strange NBA season for you at the end of the year, you know, what what would be a successful Raptor season? Um, I think if they got to the second round, I'd be pretty happy. Um, I think that would show some real toughness because I think this year in the Eastern Conference, like getting out of the first round would be an accomplishment. I know previous years, like last year, the Raptors beat up on the Brooklyn Nets who had like their third stringers. That's a little different circumstance. I I just do think that the Eastern Conference does have quite a a bit of talented teams in there. And if they can get past the first round, especially considering they're probably gonna have a tough matchup of first round. Um, I'd be pretty happy. Uh, I, you know, there's such uh, the entire NBA landscape is so hard to predict, and I, I really have a hard time kind of being able to get a real beat on certain teams. Like I think Utah and the Lakers are probably the teams I can look at the most and say, yeah, I kind of think that's how it's going to play out. Even a team like Philadelphia is on the top of the East. I, I'm still not sure. Uh, you know, Milwaukee and Brooklyn could bypass them. Uh, but they, you know, it's just so for the Raptors, to me, I think goal number one is to make the playoff for the eighth straight year. If they could do that, I think that'd be great. And to, to tag Williams point, I think that if they could uh, get to the second round based upon the roster they currently have, uh, I think that would be a terrific accomplishment. But realistically, in a year like this, that is so kind of weird in the NBA. Just get to the finish line and be one of the eight teams in the East playing in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, it's been such a strange year and things are so different. But, you know, the only consistent thing, Jack, has been you bringing the energy <laughs> on the broadcast. Will, are we in agreement? That was a great transition, Dan. Uh, Will, are we in agreement of giving uh, Jack an A-plus uh, for this pandemic broadcast season? Absolutely. Um I think I tweeted out in January. So when the Raptors beat the Kings on the road, right, that was a great win. They uh, overcame that really terrible defensive effort in the first quarter and they won. And at the end of the game, it was like 1 a.m. And I was super hyped just like watching the game on my television because Jack, (laughs) I don't know what he was doing, but I tweeted out, you could tell Jack is a coach. It's past midnight on a Friday during the pandemic. And he has me wanting to run through a brick wall before (laughs) I went over the Kings. I was very hyped. Well, thank you. I mean, I, I drink a few cups of green tea during the game, so that might be part of it. But 
Uh, no, you know, it's interesting. Doing these games has been incredibly difficult. I'm not going to lie to you. The games in Orlando, you know, the bubble games, and now these. So I try to stand during these games. I stand the entire game, and I pace, just like I did when I coached. And uh, because I, I have a responsibility to our fans uh, to try to bring my A game and try to bring my energy. And when you're watching a game with no fans in the stands, um, you kind of feed off of that, and it's hard. Uh, and so I'm just doing my best to keep my energy up so that my enthusiasm and love for the game and passion for it can maybe uh, – and I, I'm feeling it from the players. Like I, I know they're trying hard, and I know they're giving it their best, but there isn't that stimulus around them. Uh, so I don't know. I'm just doing my best. I love it. It's a great game. Um, and in spite of the fact that it's kind of a dysfunctional season for the entire NBA, I think it's my, my job night in, night out to bring it and, uh, and to meet the moment and to bring as much energy and, and, and insight as I can. Yeah, no, for sure. You know, the, the real reason we brought you on is because you were talking about last week with Matt about how you've never watched uh, Seinfeld. Um, so have you been catching up on any shows uh, during this year? <laughs> No, I, I actually, uh, I haven't. I mean, I, I, no, I, I mean, like, have I seen Seinfeld before uh, a few times? Yes, I have. Uh, but uh, have, have I sat down and regularly watched it? No. Uh, that, that show, I think, was on during the time I was still coaching. I don't even know when it was on. Uh, so, I mean, the world didn't exist when I coached. I mean, it was literally, uh, I mean, I was just dialed in. 24 7 365 to what i was doing and current events and tv shows and all that stuff was the furthest thing from my mind uh my wife used to joke with me and my wife's a former division one head coach as well she was a women's soccer coach and a women's basketball assistant she used to say am i number six or seven or eight on the list this week like where do i stand you know because it was basketball best you know i have a i have a sign in my uh den here uh, this this marriage is interrupted during basketball season, you know. So my life was interrupted during basketball. Uh, so to I so when Matt brought that thing up about some Boca Raton thing or whatever, I thought he was referring to Boca Raton, Florida. So I mentioned my favorite restaurant in Boca Raton, and like I guess everyone's like, "Where? What is Jack talking about?" I had no idea what he was talking about, and quite frankly, I still don't know what he's talking about. What your wife was asking, you know, is she six, seven, or eight? That's what Matt Thomas is asking Nick Nurse every week. Uh, Will, um, you haven't watched Seinfeld either. I think Raptors fans would honestly love if you and Jack uh, sat down and watched the entire uh, series and did a podcast about it. Just a suggestion. Will, let's give Jack a a one either TV show or movie suggestion for when he does have free time. All right, I'll I'll give one TV and one movie. Um, Ozark on Netflix. It's really good. It's a uh, it's a drama. Uh, it's you know featuring Michael Bateman or J- Jason Bateman. Sorry, I'm confusing him with his Arrested Development character. It's really good. It's about money laundering. It's uh, really well acted. Lauren Linney is very good in it. So that's the TV show I'm going to recommend. Jack's I don't know who any of these people. No, I don't. I mean, I don't have I don't have Netflix, and I don't know who these people are that you're right. talking about. But keep going. I- I'm going to give you my password. Don't worry. Just like I gave it to Alex. <laughs> And uh, hey, hey, don't expose me. And I got still got to do my taxes. <laughs> yeah. And then for movies, um, 
you know, a throwback hitch. You know, Alex knows how much I'm. I love that movie. It's a rom com. I feel like, yeah, you're you're a romantic guy. You know, I could I could I could tell based on your personality and of course what you just said about uh, you don't know Jack and your marriage. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> twenty seven no, years, I'm still fooling my wife. You're I'm still there. Going you go. Strong. There you go. So uh, it, it's hitch. With Will, hitch with Will Smith. Do I it's, watch it with my wife? Yes, that is a movie you watch with your wife. Absolutely, really? you will love it. Okay. There's some right. basketball in it too, so you can, you know, if you if you're really nostalgic for uh, 2004 um, New York Knicks basketball, I think you might catch a glimpse of. Uh, so will Ohio so I go to block so I go to Blockbuster and rent that video? Is that what I do? <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is what that's what I did in 2004 when it came out. So. <laughs> we'll get the VHS sent to you. Don't worry, Jack. All right, I love it. VHS, I love it. Jack, uh, you know, I'm just going to quickly recommend before we wrap up, uh, Uncut Gems is a 2019 movie starring Adam Sandler and Kevin I Garnett. Saw, have you seen that? I saw that movie. I actually did because uh, I went to visit my son. We were on the West Coast and uh, my uh, oldest son lives in L.A. And uh, actually, uh, we we had it. We went to dinner and then we we're like, what do you want to do? We we're like, we went to a movie and we saw that movie. And I, I thought the acting, Adam Sandler, who, who I've actually seen a few different times, uh, I, and I, th- I thought he was a comedian. He is a comedian. Uh, he was incredible in that movie. And I thought Kevin Garnett did a beautiful job as well in it. So, yes, I actually saw that movie. That's amazing. Wow. So Jack is a confirmed Uncut Gems stand. <laughs> we love it. Um, all right. That does it for us this week, Jack. Uh, appreciate you making the time. Uh, to do this uh, as always for everybody watching make sure you subscribe to the yahoo sports canada youtube channel uh hit thumbs By the way, up if you haven't got if you haven't oh, gotten oh jack yet. you you interrupted me the, jack you interrupted my outro yeah i was getting I to the it author. i know the author <laughs> oh, <my goodness. laughs> yeah we the champs uh book i uh, co-wrote with sean woodley jack armstrong was uh gracious back then too of making time uh you know to, to write the foreword for it uh, so, so you know, if you're doing nothing at home and, and don't have uh, ran out of TV and movies to watch, make sure you check that out. Editors, do not do not edit out this book promo. Uh, that does it for us this week. So, thanks for watching. Thank you, Jack, once again, and we'll see you next week. Run it back. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.